Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 104. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You are clothed with honor and majesty, wrapped in light as with a garment. You stretch out the heavens like a tent. You set the beams of your chambers on the waters. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers. Fire and flame, your ministry. In song. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Opened my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. King of all days, oh so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created, all for love's sake became poor. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Light of the world, you stepped down into darkness, opened my eyes, let me see. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 104. You set the earth on its foundations so that it shall never be shaken. You cover it with the deep as with a garment. The water stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they flee. At the sound of your thunder they take to flight. They rose up to the mountains, ran down to the valleys, to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass, so that they might not again cover the earth. The word of the Lord. 
You may be seated for our next song. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the the word of the Lord from Psalm 104. You make springs gush forth from the valleys. They flow between the hills, giving drink to every wild animal. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. By the streams, the birds of the air have their inhabitation. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode, you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. The word of the Lord. Let's stand together. As the deer, as the deer, deer thirsts 
You cause the grass to grow for the cattle and plants for people to use, to bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the human heart, oil to make the face shine and bread to strengthen the human heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests. The stork has its home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the conies. The word of the Lord. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 104. You have made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows its time for setting. You make the darkness and its night when all the animals of the forest come creeping out. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they withdraw and lie down in their dens. People go out to work and to their labor until the evening. The word of the Lord. See? 
with love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. He will make a way. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there. Living things, both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan that you formed to sport in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. The word of the Lord. Let's stand together. Salvation belongs to our God, who sits upon the throne, and unto the be seated. Let us pray. 
God, may these words glorify you. May these words be words that reflect your honor and your glory. May all who hear these words be built up in you. May we all draw nearer to you, whether here this morning or far away. We thank you for your love, your kindness, your mercy, your goodness, the ways you create us every day. In Jesus' name, amen. In the beginning, God. That's the way the first story begins. With God. From the beginning. The story has to start somewhere. There has to be a first word, first set of words, and that just happens to be the first ones right out of the bat. In the beginning, God. One of the things I like to do for fun in my free time is ride my bike a thousand miles at a time. Motorcycle, not bicycle. I'm eccentric, not superhuman. So a thousand miles in 24 hours gives you the opportunity to see and experience a lot of things in one day. Some that you want to see, some that you don't, some things you can anticipate, some things you can't. First time I ever did it, it was from Houston on a Sunday, right after church, to Denver, Colorado. So I stopped in Amarillo to get a few hours sleep. Everything had gone fine that day. It was hot, but everything had gone fine that day. Get to Amarillo, stop the bike, get off the bike, go inside, lay down, go to sleep. A few hours later, wake up, go outside, and it's starting to sprinkle. So you think, okay, put on your rain suit and go. This is what I did. Somewhere between Amarillo and the whole uh, Dalhart, Dumas, you know that area where there's nothing but uh, flat lands, tumbleweed, and smells. The pouring down rain just started pouring. Okay, you just punch through it. You know, you could see on the radar that morning there's some stuff to punch through it. Got the text line. And I have water that has seeped into the rain suit. So I get off, get something, get some coffee, try to warm up, you know, change shirts, get into something dry, put the rain suit back on. Of course, it stops raining and start going. Between Texline and Raton, New Mexico, when you have to go kind of right through that little area, right at the tip top of New Mexico it started kind of fogging over. It wasn't a bad fog where you couldn't see anything, but it was just enough of a fog that it felt a little bit eerie, especially whenever you consider the fact that from Texline to Raton, there weren't that many cars at, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. And it felt a little lonely, a little isolated, a little eerie. But those moments that stick out in my memory here four years later, I remember because they were one of the most just unique, 
special and however many words you can think of, times of prayer that I've ever experienced in my entire life. Don't know why. Don't know why that sticks out in my mind so much. But there were moments, text line to Raton, where I felt deeply close to God. Just drawn nearer to God. Even though it was isolated and lonely. And I think there's a lesson somewhere in there. Same thing happened on another one from Casper, Wyoming to Shoshone, Wyoming. You ever been on, I don't know, it's not even a highway, Road 26 between Casper and Shoshone? 98 miles. Kid you not, 98 miles. I saw two cars. 98 miles. There's nothing between Casper and Shoshone. But again, it was one of those times where in a lot of quiet, and just kind of being by yourself, you have opportunities to draw close to God. Maybe it's because of the life that I want to continue with God. That it was such a beautiful time of quiet prayer. These journeys of a thousand miles all begin the same way. You roll out of the garage at your home, shut the garage, start the bike, and you ride the first mile until you get to a thousand. Worst thing you can do is get in a hurry, because then you might miss something. Just take each mile as it comes. I think there's a lesson in there somewhere too. Creation began day one. The very first act of God. And every time someone says yes to God, when God says, I want to make a covenant with you, every time someone says yes to God, that begins mile one of the journey. And to this day, all of us are invited on this journey. Because this journey is actually God's decision from the beginning, we never take this journey by ourselves, but with the everlasting God who was before there was time. Because there will be many days on this journey of a thousand miles when it is going to feel like you're all by yourself, out in the middle of nowhere. So moments like this, when we open the book of Genesis, remind us you are not alone. Whether the presence of God, whether those who have gone that road before you, whether those who are going to come on that road behind you long after you, you are not on that road alone. Some days it feels like it. Now that creation is going, the Creator calls creation to ongoing faithfulness and then supports the call with an ongoing promise. Today, right now, is yet another beginning, another Roll out of the garage, hit start, and go. A Chinese philosopher who died like 500-something years before Jesus wrote, Do the difficult things while they are easy and do the great things while they are small.
A journey of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. Long before that idea was ever entertained, God began a journey of a thousand miles. If God told Noah to create, He told Abraham to go on a journey. And if Noah thought, how do I do this? Perhaps Abraham thought, where will we go? And if God showed Noah how to create, God told Abraham to trust. And then, of course, God told Abraham, I'll go with you. Just as the earliest stories begin with God said, so too does this one. And I'd like to think that today even our own story begins with God said. God said, let there be light. God said, Noah, meet Abram in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house and to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This call to trust is a call of blessing. Today God is calling us to trust and God is blessing. Today God is calling you to trust. Just trust in faith. God is blessing you as we all say yes to the Lord. God's ongoing work of creation is most apparent in this early call of Abram when in verse 2 God said, I will make. I will make. I will create you. Abram, a great people, I will make. And God still speaks to us today. And then look at how verse 4 begins. After all of that, God comes to Abram. God says to Abram, go. God says to Abram, I will make. All of this talk of blessing. And then do you see how Verse 4 begins, so Abram went. Nothing between verses 3 and 4. God, here's what I'm going to make, here's how I'm going to send you, and then verse 4, so Abram went. Simple as that. God says go, so Abram went. If you ever wanted a sign from God, If you've ever begged the Lord for a sign, have you ever done that? You ever found yourself in a moment where you are just saying, God, I've had enough of whatever it is you've had enough of, and then you say, God, just give me a sign. You ever done that? All right, well, here's your sign. God says, I will make of you a great nation, but the first thing, the very first thing God says to Abram is go. And then the story continues in verse 4, so Abram went. Today God is inviting us on a journey. The Lord of all creation is inviting you on a journey. And all you have to do in response is go. 
You don't have to know what the road looks like. You don't even have to know where you're going. But you just go. Your story will be told that begins with God saying, go. And you don't know, this, this is the most beautiful and the most frustrating thing about life, is that we are headed somewhere, but we have no idea where it's going. Now, that's not true, is it? We have an idea where we're going. Think back on your life 5, 10, 20 years ago, and you had this idea of what life was going to look like 5, 10, 20 years from now. You remember that? How'd that work out? It doesn't always work out exactly the way that we think. I have a feeling that when Abram met God and God said, Okay, Abram, go. Abram thought, great, I'll, I will went. And he went. And then, guess what happened? You know, you've, you've read this story, right? He tries to help God out a little bit. So what if this, what we just read out of Genesis 12, Maybe what you read this week before this morning from Genesis 12 through 18, what if this is like a template for your story? What if this is what our stories with God look like? God says, through you, I'm going to bless others. We like to think, oh, okay, I know how God's going to carry that out. Most of the time it goes way beyond what we think God is going to do. God still works through us. God still blesses other people through our lives. We may say, well, who knows? Well, no, God is. God is blessing others, blessing our community of faith even right here this morning by you being here, and you don't know how. That's the beauty of it. But... What if also on this, that your story will be told that begins with God saying go and then continues, that not your story, not my story, but the story of God continues with, so, say your name, went. What if that continues the story of God? So, say your name went. When everybody gets, everybody play. So, state your name, went. We tend to think, and I understand why, I do it too, I do it most every day. I think that that, so, Jeff, went, is my story. But what if it's more than that? What if in telling that story, we all together are telling the story of God? We read Genesis 12 through 18, like some of us did this week, and we think, oh, that's the story of Abram to Abraham. We think that's the story that we're reading, and it kind of is, I understand that. You know, they don't call him the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob for nothing. I mean, he's a part of the story, but this is the story of God. Genesis 12 through 18, while it tells the story of 
Abram and Sarai and Abraham and Sarah, which are actually the same people, and it gets kind of confusing. But this is the story of God. And that's the beauty of it. And maybe that's a sign. But this is not all sunshine and roses and VBS songs. Because one of the first things that Abram and his wife do as they begin their journey is start living a lie. Abram decides to lie. And Abram tells his wife, need you to lie too. Here's why. The blessed father of nations called by God, Abraham, begins his journey with sin. Take that as a shock. Take it as comfort. Maybe a little bit of both. And then, what comes after that story is Abram and Lot decide to separate because their field hands can't get along. And then Sodom is previewed. And then there's this war between all these kings. And then Abram and this guy named Melchizedek that we're going to meet later in the Bible too decides to pray, bless, and pray to God who called both of them in the first place. This is a very human story that overlaps with the very eternal, one true and living God of all. But then, when the Lord makes His covenant with Abram in Genesis 15, the Lord says to Abram, who lied and couldn't get along with Lot and did all this other stuff, I mean, you know, there's more to this story, right? Where he kind of tries to help God along a little bit. God says, here, I'm going to go do this. And Abram says, I got you. And sort of takes matters into his own hands. All that. Abram and God in Genesis 15. The Lord makes a covenant with Abram and the Lord says, look toward heaven and count the stars. You ever tried doing that? I heard this story when I went with a friend of mine to vacation Bible school, and I don't remember how old I was, but I went with a friend to vacation Bible school, and I'd never heard this story, but I'd never heard any of these stories. And I heard this count the stars thing and I thought one night well that sounds like fun lived in South Texas where you could see a bunch of stars and so I went and laid down in the grass late one night and started counting and it was frustrating because you'd lose your place so what is God saying to Abram Look toward the heaven and count the stars. This is a poetic, it's like a Shakespearean way of God telling Abram, 
go out and do something that you are not going to be able to do. You're not going to be able to do it. You think South Texas, can you imagine Abram before there was electricity out in the middle of nowhere? Can you imagine what that must have looked like? And then God says, count the stars. It's God's way of saying, I'm going to bless you in ways that you can't even begin to fathom. And then whatever God says, our response from way back then, the response of Abram becomes our story, even today. That story is a template for your story today. Because in Genesis 15, a little bit more into the story, here's how it goes. You ready? And he believed the Lord. Which can also be translated, and he trusted the Lord. Which can also be translated, and he lived by faith to the Lord. Believe trust, faith. So, here's your homework for this week. I try not to give much homework during sermons, but every once in a while it's appropriate. So here's homework for the week. Go this week and count the stars. That's all you have to do. Go count the stars. See, even though the story of God, I mean, I know it's a story of Abram, but even though this story begins with what appears to be yet more lacking belief, trust, faith, in this incredibly and perfectly human story, time and again, the story of Abraham, when it is told by the people of God, is told the same way over and over again. I mean, fast forward from Abraham, and you know, way back even before Abraham, when he was still Abram, you know, when he was this nobody wandering around, and God came to him and said, here's what I'm going to make of you. Fast forward thousands of years later to Hebrews 11, the faith hall of fame, and how is the story of Abraham told? You know the real Abraham, right? You know all the stuff that went on with Abraham, faith, and there's some stuff in there that kind of doesn't look like faith. Trust, and there's stuff that you're like, wait, that's trust? And then his story is told. And how is the story of Abraham continually told? Someone who lived by faith. Your story, and I'm not, I'm not, kind of exaggerating and embellishing and poetic license, all that. No. One of these days, your story will be told. I don't know how it's going to be told. I don't know when it's going to be told. don't know where. One of these days, your story will be told. And knowing many of you, like we know each other in this room, chances are good that your story going to be told as a story of one who lived by faith. And I can hear 
like echoes bouncing off of the front brick wall, all the objections. Because if I'm sitting on the front row, that's the first thing out of my mouth. Well, person sitting next to me maybe, but I can give you all kinds of reasons why my story would be told and it would not be a story that begins so lived by faith. Get it? Go read the story of Abram slash Abraham again. And then your story, a belief journey, a trust journey, a faith journey. Because even after times of doubt, when we laugh at the promises of God, God continues to live out eternal promises. God doesn't stop being God just because occasionally our faith wanes a bit. And then God reminds us to choose the path of light over the path of darkness. Every time we choose words of light over words of darkness, we join God in the beginning act of all creation. You'll see some darkness this week, just like you saw darkness last week and darkness the week before. People in our world, innocent people, are just minding their own business in their apartment one day, and then they get shot to death. That is a dark, dark story. And we must acknowledge that. It's why we also come in here and continue to tell the story of those who speak when it is time to speak and who continue to live by faith and walk in the light as He is in the light. Every time we speak words of life, we join God on a journey of a thousand miles. And that journey is illuminated every single day. Every time we are together, every time we choose words of light, because ultimately it's illuminated by the light of the world that we know today, the living Jesus. Amen.